Uh, this is Pastor Rob Barber of Bethel Church in Tempers Plains, Ohio, where our mission is connecting people to God. Welcome to our podcast. I'm very excited to share the Word of God with you today, because according to Romans 10:17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I trust this message will increase your faith as you listen to what God has for you today. God bless and enjoy. We've been talking about and leading up to uh, the birth of the Savior. And to us, a child is born. Jesus Christ, of course, is who we're talking about. And I think it's, you know, sometimes uh, people have mistaken or do not understand all the details in regards to the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's a lot of tradition, a lot of things that happen, uh, a lot of things that take place in plays that are not necessarily line up specifically with the Scripture. All the details are, are added, but maybe not in exactly the right place. So uh, this morning I just wanted to take the opportunity to share a few things and try to fill in those uh, historical details about the coming uh, of uh, Messiah or of Christ. Of course, Messiah is the Hebrew or the English rendering of the Hebrew word Mashiach or Messiah is what we, we call him. And Christ is the Greek word of the same, uh, the, the same rendering of, as Messiah or Christos or Christ. So they both refer to the one that has been prophesied for hundreds and hundreds of years. In fact, you can find the very first prophecy about the coming of the Messiah in Genesis. And throughout the Bible, for hundreds of years, prophecies have been given. And by the time Christ was born in Bethlehem, the people were anticipating the coming of the Messiah. In fact, many of them thought it truly was time for the Messiah to show up. However, they had some mistaken ideas about what it meant for the Messiah to come. Uh, and one of the things that they, uh, they portrayed in the, the play this, uh, this morning was the fact that the Jewish people believed that the Messiah was going to come and set up his kingdom and crush the Romans. However, God had a much different plan. And as we look at this, I, want, I definitely uh, want us to look at some of these details and try to, um, I, hopefully I will not confuse people with some of these things, but I just want you to know it is really important that we understand the details and the order of the way things took place. Details. How many believe that details are important? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Because there was a farmer that was um, suing a trucking company because he'd been injured in a crash. And as he was on the, the stand, the uh, attorney for the trucking company said to him, uh, Mr. Jones, is it true, uh, true or false that... You uh, said at the scene of the accident that you were fine. And the farmer said, well, you see, me and Bessie were on our way home, and we were traveling down the road. Uh, I was in my pickup, and she was in the back. Bessie's my mule. 
And all of a sudden, the, the attorney said, Sir, I, I didn't ask for details. I just asked you to tell me, yes or no, did you say you were fine at the scene of the accident? Well, me and Bessie were traveling down the road. The attorney said, I don't need details. Were you, did you say you were fine at the scene of the accident? Well, me and Bessie were traveling down the road. The attorney said, Judge, I'm trying to determine this man said he was fine at the scene of the accident. And uh, now he's trying to sue the trucking company. I think he's trying to commit fraud. Will you tell him to answer my question? Well, by this time, the judge was really curious. He wanted to hear the story. So he said to the farmer, proceed. So the farmer said, me and Bessie were traveling down the road. Bessie was in the back of my pickup. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a huge truck hit us from in the side. Bessie was thrown in a ditch on one side, and I was thrown in a ditch on the other side. I heard Bessie moaning and, and crying, and uh, I was so hurt, so injured, that I couldn't get up and do anything. I couldn't help her at all. When all of a sudden, bam, I heard a, a gunshot. And across the road came a state high patrol, highway patrol. He was holding his revolver down at his side. And he walked over to me and he said, I'm sorry, Mr. Jones, but Bessie, was, uh, your, your mule was so injured that I had to shoot her. Now, tell me, how are you feeling? That's when I said, I'm fine. <laughs> Details are important sometimes. So this morning, the first thing I want to look at, I've got several points that... I want to look at as we uh, look through the Scripture in regards to the coming of the Messiah, the birth of Christ. We're going to be looking at Luke and Matthew. But today, uh, the first Scripture that we're going to be looking at is Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And we're going to look at uh, the fact that Mary and Joseph had an arranged marriage. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, you had to do a little bit of uh, searching. The, the King James call, uses the, in, in the place of this word betrothed, uh, espoused. But either word is appropriate to, to render here because they both need need or they both mean promised in marriage. According to Jewish custom, Mary and Joseph's marriage would have been negotiated by their fathers. That was just something that happened during that time. Now, I know we like the, the, the love stories where two people fall in love and live happily every, ever after and all that mushy stuff. But the reality is, in the first century... And centuries before that, Jewish marriages were arranged by the families. In most Jewish marriages, uh, there were three levels of arrangement. There was engagement, there was a, a spouse or betrothed, and then the actual marriage. A person could become engaged as 
early as a toddler. When two people, two families, saw that they had children about the same age, maybe the, the son, most of the time the son was a little older than the, the, uh, the girl, uh, the two families would come together and say, hey, we would like for these two to be married. And they'd make all the arrangements. So throughout their whole life, these two children could, would go around saying, we're engaged. The long engagement period. So this was considered the engagement period. By the time the angel appears to Mary, she was already the legal wife of Joseph. And here's what I mean. Her father would have already received the endowment from uh, Joseph's family uh, because it was necessary that they pay something because the family was losing a working member of the family, someone who could help support the family. That period that we're talking about is the period where the Bible says she was betrothed or espoused to, to Joseph. At this time, Mary continued to live with her family. She just stayed with them. And for one year, the father or the, the husband would go off to his father's house and prepare a place and be working and uh, preparing all, making all the arrangements for them to come together and be husband and wife. They were fully cons considered husband and wife at this time. The only thing was they had not consummated the marriage. But they were considered by law during this time married, married to one another. Second thing I want to share with you this morning is Mary was a pregnant teenager. How many have the idea that Mary was probably 18, 19 years old when she was when she became pregnant. Anybody? No? Yeah, you could, you know, because of the, the stories and the things that we, we've seen in our society, because in our society, it wouldn't, it just doesn't feel right to see an, a girl the age that Mary most likely was to be, become married. But the fact is, during this period of time, Girls were married somewhere between 12 and 14 years old. <gasps> How could that be? But that, that's just their society. That's the way things were. So when we see this scripture, then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Mary was just a young girl. But she had great faith in her God. And she trusted Him. So she believed what, what the angel was saying to her. That she was going to receive the Son of God. Or be the mother of the Son of God. Number three, Mary could have been stoned. I don't know if everybody realizes that or not, but according to Deuteronomy 22, 23, and 24, it tells us that Mary could have been stoned. If a young woman who is a virgin is betrothed to a husband and a man finds her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring 
them both to out to the gate of that city, and you shall stone them to death with stones. The young woman, because she did not cry out in the city, and the man, because he humbled his neighbor's wife. So you shall put away the evil from among you. As a legally married woman, finding out that she was pregnant before she consummated the marriage with her husband-to-be, she was considered an adulteress. At this time, it was very appropriate for Joseph to uh, proclaim his rights and say that Mary needed to be stoned. But here's the fourth point. Joseph loved mercy more than Joseph. More than justice. He had the right to seek justice in this situation. Now the rabbis consider that uh, men, most of, the most appropriate age for them to be married in a Jewish culture was 18 years old. So J Joseph may have been, he was probably a, a late teenager or maybe just a young adult. But the Bible says this about Joseph. It says that Joseph was a righteous or dikaios man, which means uh, he was known for his uncompromising obedience to the Torah, to the law of Moses. He followed the law to its detail. So this put Joseph in a very difficult position because he believed in the law and he believed he should follow the law. But he also believed that Mary was a good person. And he, rather than demand justice take place, he chose mercy instead. So when he was faced with the opportunity to demand justice, he said, no way. I'm going to put her away privately. Matthew 1.19 then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. He didn't believe Mary when she told him what had happened and what the angel said. And yet, he was a good man who decided that he didn't want to bring shame or even death to Mary because of the situation. Not until Joseph made that decision did the Holy Spirit or an angel come to him and tell him exactly what was happening. Matthew 1.20 But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is the Holy Spirit. So Joseph chose to do what was right and in the process the angel spoke to him and told him that he was on the right track but take Mary as your your wife number five just real quick this is one of those pet peeves of mine uh, Joseph was not just a carpenter now although the the word here is tecton uh, it it's found uh, talking about Jesus. It, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother James, Joseph, Judas, Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were oft, often 
offended at him. Sorry. Joseph was not just a carpenter, at least not in the traditional sense. The Greek word tekton, which is more accurately translated craftsman. And if you think about it, and if you, you know, study any kind of historical um, events around that time in history, you realize that their homes were not built completely of wood. There was some wood involved, but most of the, the homes were built of stone. So this word here could very well mean that Joseph was more than just a carpenter. He was a craftsman that was uh, skilled in both stone and masonry and, and uh, carpentry and various occupations and, uh, as a craftsman to be able to build and, and establish residence. In fact, during in Nazareth, about that time, about three or four miles from Nazareth, uh, Herod underwent a huge building project. He was a prolific builder. He's the one that expanded the temple. Uh, and he, uh, there was a rock quarry that wasn't far from there. And so it's very possible that Joseph and uh, Jesus both were a part of that as craftsmen. Not really significant to the story, but just one of those details that, that are part of it. Jesus' name is extremely significant. Matthew 1.21 And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated, God with us. Now, Mary didn't do what we normally do, make a list of names and try to figure out exactly what it was that uh, she wanted to name her child. No, the angel told her. That was not unusual in biblical times. Many times, the, uh, an angel would appear to people and God would send a message to the individuals. You're going to name your child this specific name because it had very important meaning behind it. Jesus is the Greek translation of the Hebrew word, Hebrew word Yeshua. Uh, so, it's the uh, Old Testament, we render it Joshua. Uh, but in reality, uh, the, this name means this, that there is spiritual salvation from God. His name was so significant that he was describing the fact that God had sent the Savior and it was part of his name. Bethlehem is little among Judah. Micah 5.2 But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though you are little among thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old, from everlasting. The city of David was considered probably the most insignificant city in all of Israel at the time. It's very important for us to understand the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. As they pointed out, I thought very well in, the, um, in that play, that the king was not born in the palace. The king was born in a very insignificant place 
but he was born there because it was very significant that he be born there. He fulfilled that scripture in, in Micah 5 2 that was over 700 years old by the time Christ was born. The Messiah was born at the right place at the right time. The other thing that I want to point out here is also that the um, shepherds who were in the fields were important, very important in this story because they also were considered the lowest class of individuals in their society. Uh, and yet, God chose them to be the first ones to visit the Christ child. And he sent them to a specific place. This is an important part of this because I believe there's a detail here that we sometimes miss. The uh, scripture says that he was, um, that um, there was no room for Joseph and Mary in the inn. The, the, the Greek word here can actually mean uh, a room or a place. We're not sure that there was actually inns in Bethlehem at this time like we would think of as a motel or a place where, where several people could stay. Most likely, it was homes of, of people, of families. They had specific rooms uh, set up for people to be able to come and be a part or live with them or stay with them during uh, a visitation. And they had quickly run out of those places in, in the city. So there was no place for them to be found. And yet, when the angel appeared to the uh, shepherds, he said to them this. He said, here's a sign to you. You will find a child in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. Why was that a sign? How would that be a sign? Well, there was a place that we believe was uh, very possible, a place that the uh, shepherds that were uh, employed by the Sanhedrin and the, 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 uh, um, the priests at that time a place called the Tower of the Flock, and it's mentioned in Scripture. It was an old tower that was used most likely. Now, we don't have enough information to be dogmatic about this, but there's a very possible, it's a very possible that this was a place where the special lambs were bred and kept for the sacrifice of uh, the temple sacrifice because those lambs had to be without spot, or blemish. And one of the things that history tells us is that those lambs were brought in to this specific place, and the, the shepherds, when they found one that had no spot or blemish on it, in order to keep them that way, they had strips of cloth that they wrapped around their legs to keep them from getting bruised or uh, injured in any way. So, to me, that's a very... Um, very likely that this sign that the angel was giving them was directing them to the exact place. Otherwise, they'd have been running around all over Bethlehem 
trying to find the exact place, and yet the angel gave them the sign. In a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. Wise men did not visit baby Jesus. Now, in our play today, in order to fit everything in, the wise men came to Bethlehem. But the reality was the, the wise men did not come when Jesus was initially born. Matthew 2, 7 says, Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. And when he had come into the house, they saw the young child. This is verse 11. Uh, Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And verse 16 says this, Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem in all its district, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Okay, first of all, we see that the wise men come at a different time. They're following the star. And by the time they get there, uh, they come to the palace. Naturally, they expected the king to be born there. Herod inquired by, uh, to, with the uh, scholars of that time, and they told him that he would be born in Bethlehem. So the wise men went to Bethlehem. They went and they worshipped the, the newborn king. Frankincense and myrrh and all these, these, well, there's three gifts here that we see. Uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, was, it, was there three wise men? We don't know how many wise men there were. We, make out, we put it in our plays and our stories because there were three gifts. That's what we know of. But how many wise men came? We're not sure. They came... I, I like the fact that they met, mentioned that they came from Persia, which was uh, Babylon. And uh, we know that Daniel and the children of Israel spent many years, 70 years, in Babylon. Daniel actually became the head of the wise men. Therefore, it would be very likely that Daniel, being the man of God that he was, handed down to those uh, they were pagans, but he handed down the information concerning the birth of the, the king of Israel. And he told them to watch for it, and he gave them signs. And they saw this sign of the star, and they came to worship the king of Israel. It's important that we see that God had all these details worked out from the very beginning. Before the wise men left, an angel appeared to them and said, Don't go back. Herod is an evil man, and he wants to do harm to the child. So they went home a different way. Not long after that, Holy Spirit or an angel came to Joseph and said, Take the, your son and go into Egypt. Because Herod wants to take his life. That fulfilled a 750-year-old prophecy that said, I have called my son out of Egypt. Our God has all the details 
in place. And I can tell you this, we may not completely understand all the events that's going to take place in these last days, but you can trust your God has the details worked out. And we may not have them all in order the way that, that God has them in order, but we're studying, we're searching, we're trying to find out, we're trying to understand what God is going to do. And I don't believe that He, he gets angry with us when we, when we don't have the details exactly right. He's gracious and He's merciful. But it's important that we continue to study the Word of God and understand because eventually, after the events happened, everybody that was studying the Word of God, those who were truly seeking God, understood that the events that were, that were proclaimed in prophecy came to pass exactly the way God wanted them to. And that's all I have to share with you this morning. Thank you. Appreciate it. Can all stand as we dismiss. I pray that you all will have a blessed Christmas. Hallelujah. If you'd like to have prayer this morning, we certainly want to uh, do that. If anyone would like to come up and need prayer, we always like to have the opportunity for that to take place. Hallelujah. Glory. All right. If not, we're just going to pray and dismiss and allow everyone to go and enjoy this Christmas Eve. Remember, we're worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we just give you glory. Lord, we thank you. We have this time of year to, to worship and to recognize that you sent your Son into this world. But the story didn't end there, Lord. He walked this earth. He proclaimed the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. He healed the sick. He proclaimed freedom to the poor. He cast out devils and He did all the things, Father God, that You said He would do. He, Father, He confirmed that He was Your Son. And today, Father God, you have delegated to your church the responsibility to proclaim that good news that Jesus proclaimed. Proclaim it throughout the land that the King of kings and the Lord of lords has already come, but He's coming back soon. Prepare your hearts for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hello, this is Pastor Rob again. I pray you enjoyed this podcast. What a blessing it has been to have you join us on this social media platform. If you would like more information about Bethel, please check out our website at BethelChurch.community. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at Bethel Church, Tepper's Plains. Have a blessed day and remember, love never fails.